December 6th, 1961. Green Bay is proclaimed title town USA. It would also be the first season that the Packers would wear their trademark capital G logo on their helmets. It's the oldest continuous franchise that has never moved or changed its name. Home of the Cheeseheads and the Lambo Leap. A stadium so revered that season tickets have been sold out since 1960. Over 100 seasons. Winners of three consecutive championships. They've They've done done it it twice. twice. They're champions 13 times over. It's Lambeau, Lombardi, Holmgren, and McCarthy. It's the Minister of Defense, the Gunslinger, the Golden Boy, and AR-12. It's the Frozen Tundra and the infamous Ice Bowl. Their fans proclaim... I'm Hank Davis, and this is TPE Network Presents Title Town, USA. I sat down with Packers fan podcast host Wayne Henderson in order to unpack his allegiance to the Green Bay Packers. Growing up in the Salt Lake City area, after church on Sundays, sometimes my parents would take us to go a visiting <laughs> other relatives and other times they had to go shopping like at a big Sears store, one of the other big box stores, something like that. Anyway, I would kind of babysit myself even when I was around fifth grade, something like that. I would go to the electronics section because I like to look at the records. I like to look at the other electronics and hang out with the TVs. And they had football games on because it was Sunday afternoon. And I don't know why This one jumps out so much, but there were at least two occasions where the football games were during snowy weather, and at least one of those was the Green Bay Packers. And, you know, even though I grew up in Utah, we had a lot of snow and all of that good stuff, it was still fun and special to see football being played in the snow, and that really caught my eye, and I thought, this is really neat. I really enjoy watching this, and I'll I'll sit here, you know, back in the mid-70s, they'd let you just kind of hang out and watch TV and stuff. I never had any issues. Then it became more solidified when I was in the seventh grade in junior high, and we had those periodic book fairs where your parents would send you a little bit of money and you could pick out maybe three books and a calendar or some little toy or what have you. I remember as clear as day buying a small condensed history of the Green Bay Packers book. It mostly focused, I believe, on the Lombardi era, but I remember the cover. It had Bart Starr and Lombardi on the cover, but it was a great little book. And after reading that a few times, way back in the day, I was locked in to being a fan of your 13-time NFL champion, Green Bay Packers. 
It's pivotal to understand the why behind someone's passion. But with the Green Bay Packers being the only remaining small-town NFL team, and also the only community-owned, non-profit organization in the NFL, does that impact how far the Packers can climb in today's league? It is definitely a very unique situation on how the Green Bay Packers organization is structured compared to any other team in professional sports in the U.S. and possibly even North America as well. The Packers do not have a owner who oversees the team, sometimes a little too much like we've seen with some NFL teams and their owners. You could say that the Packers are owned by the fans, by the people. It's an interesting way to set things up. I mean, as far as an organization, they do have a general manager and a president and all of the rest. And what makes that unique out of all of the professional sports teams in North America is that we have our annual owners meeting because as a publicly owned team, you got to have an annual meeting. Of course, the Green Bay Packers have their annual owners meeting at Lambeau Field. That's right. Every July, fans slash owners gather in Lambeau Field, sitting in the bleachers and everything, while the president and the GM and other people kind of give the state of the team and all of that good stuff. I do believe that this type of structure for the organization has been working very, very well. I mean, look at how successful we've been over the last, say, 30 years you know, with a few bumps in the road, but for the most part, a lot of success, a lot of fame, a lot of improvement and all of that. Now, as far as how much it might have hindered us, say, back in the 70s and 80s when we were not a very good team, there's probably something to be said for that as well. In 2019, it was reported that there were roughly 137,000 names on the season tickets wait list. On average, fewer than 1,000 seats change hands each year. That's because Packers fans can transfer their season tickets. With a wait list like that, you could live 100 years and never obtain season tickets. But why do fans believe the Packers stand head and shoulders above every other franchise in professional football history? We have 13 NFL titles, far more than any other team. And we're the only team in NFL history to ever three-peat. And we've done it twice. So just based on those stats, that makes us the best franchise in the history of the NFL. And despite being the smallest market in all of professional sports in America and probably Canada as well, we are still so successful, so highly thought of. It's amazing that we were able to do it being part of such a small market. It just proves that anything can happen with the right combination. And that's just another reason. And based on the fact that we are the best franchise in the history of the NFL, our fans are some of the most dedicated in all of the NFL. I mean, sure, the Steelers do have a great following as well, and some other teams do, but I think the Packers win in that category as well. The Packers fans travel all over the place to go to Packers games, and when the Packers do finally play a game in England, you're going to be amazed at how many Packers fans show up to that game as well. In fact, out here in Southern California, where I'm based, my friend Troy Heinrichs, he came out to see the Packers at Rams. They were playing at the LA Coliseum, the Rams' home before they moved into their fancy new stadium. 
And he'd heard the stories and seen photos of successful Packers fans traveling to all these games and taking over part of the stadium. But he was not prepared for actually seeing it in person at the L.A. Coliseum. At least half of the crowd at the sold-out game for Packers at Rams at the Coliseum were Packers fans. There were green and gold jerseys everywhere. And if you play back the tape from that game, you will clearly hear loud chants of Go Pack Go, much to the chagrin of the Rams fans who didn't have anything cool to combat it with, and much to the chagrin of the Rams players. They're like, how does this happen in our own home? It's just special. It's magical. And I'm going to wrap up by letting you know that more magic is coming soon. Go Pack Go! With iconic coaches whose accolades will be remembered forever. A quarterback trio so legendary that all I have to do is say the numbers 15, 4, and 12. A stadium so renowned that the echoes will reverberate a hundred years from now. 13 times they've climbed the mountaintop, and, and they, they might, might climb, climb it 13 more. Work together, win together. This episode was written, produced, and edited by me, Hank Davis.